Welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Back to the Future, part two, one soul-crushing minute at a time. I'm Nick Menez in the news. Uh, I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Scott Tofty. And today we are going back to minute number 36, which uh, starts with another very sad facts and ends with um, some delightful shoe-on-shoe uh, shoe uh, escapades. <laughs> good. Good save. Good save. Oh, you thought I was going to say action? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good save. Yeah, no, I um, yeah, I... Uh, I uh, okay, so, so right off the bat, um, I want to talk about... So yeah, he's got you got you got two fax machines. Well, you got the fax machine in the Oh, see that's not two fax machines next to each other. One is his briefcase that has like a wireless fax machine in it. Right. And then the other is like an actual fax machine. Gotcha. Yeah. So not two fax machines next to each other. But then we get the one that's in the in the in the room with in the bathroom with Jennifer. And what I noticed about that one in particular is there's no room for paper in that thing, which makes me think either you load the paper into the wall or the fax machine creates paper. I think it's safe to assume there's probably like in the basement of the house, like a, a paper feeder for a lot of the house fax machines. It just pulls from oh. one tray. I like that. I like that. It's like one of your utilities. You've got your furnace, you've got your air conditioner, and you've got your paper tray. Yeah. Your fax paper. Yeah. Um, Makes as much sense as anything else. Yeah. No, I like that. That's good. I also really like how... Look at those exclamation points. (laughs) They're very animated. They are very animated. That's not the kind of exclamation point that you see when you type an exclamation point. No, I also just like that in the future, everything that is faxed is done with like ASCII kind of lettering. Like it doesn't look like it's mm-hmm. straight text. It looks like it's like it's compiled shapes. Yeah. You almost wonder if uh, if Jets has like his own custom settings. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's Cusco again. Yeah. I, I I also uh, I think the, the, the McFly family needs to the McFly family needs to um, fix their toner. Their it's toners. a little runny. They're not yeah, quite their toner's low. <laughs> so they didn't have enough to worry about. Yeah, I know, right? Um, either that or I guess <clears throat> are are faxes heat sensitive paper? Is that what it is? Uh, I don't How does that know. Work? I don't know. Anyway, I think it's just it's regular that's on... printer paper. Isn't What's that? It? Isn't it just regular know. paper? Is it just ink? I think so. Oh. It's like is it like laser printed? Is that how it does it? Is that I don't know. Same thing as a, like a Xerox machine, I would imagine, because you can fax from any Xerox. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I like that the paper that comes out is on Cusco. <laughs> letterhead yeah which uh i i don't know which is worse if they're 
Their basement tray loader is full of Cusco paper that Marty stole from the office. <laughs> or yeah, I like that a lot. <laughs> another reason he was fired. Yeah. <laughs> and you stole paper. A lot. And you stole paper. And then and he just that's why he's running the 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 you're you're fired. He sent it through all of the fax machines because it's like I'm just gonna waste all of the paper you stole. Scotts, have I ever told either of you about my dream job? <laughs> This is no. Um, so like I have this reoccurring dream. It's not even a reoccurring dream. It's like I have a reoccurring dream setting, and like it's I'm at this office job. It's like this massive corporate conglomerate thing, and I have no idea what my job is, but I'm just really bad at it. And I'm always like in the middle of like a a a, a chore, like an errand, and. I imagine that that's kind of how how Marty feels. Hmm. <laughs> I imagine Marty works at like the the place where like the 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 double takes place. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh man. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, so the fax machines. It's, uh, and then and then uh, and then Doc pops up at the window. Yeah, he attract, does. Uh, to attract Jennifer. And little, he has a little buddy with a little friend. It is. Um, I it's it's yeah, he just pops up. It's really cute. <laughs> he pops up and Doc doesn't even but Doc actually it almost looks like Doc calls him up. Like he's just like, ah, oh, come honey, here, you know. Honey, come on. Yeah, yeah. It looks like he calls him up with his arm because he yeah. he puts his arm out for Einstein to come up and he doesn't he doesn't even look down at Einstein. I know, he doesn't just really naturally like Yeah. And Einstein looks very happy to see Jennifer. Um, so, so yesterday we were talking about the potential for recutting this movie as a horror movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and having the the shot at thirty six twelve, where Jennifer's just sort of looking through the crack of the door, and you just see Doc's head pop up. Oh, totally. Like he yeah. starts to knock at the window. <laughs> it's just like it's it's frightening to me how perfect this is all falling together. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, Dean Cundy, the way he shot this. Uh, it, it just, it looks like a horror movie. You know, it's funny. I was list. I actually just started listening to your whole run of, uh, back to the future minute. Mm-hmm. And the episode that I listened to yesterday was the one where you're talking about Dean Cundy and how he's like the, the, the DP on all of these sort of eighties and early nineties classics. And it yeah. totally like, totally makes sense. Like I never, yeah. really, there's always like this sort of like sheen on eighties movies that they all sort of look a certain way. Like there's a certain kind of saturation and, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but now I know. It, it's really apparent. Um, I don't know why, but a, a couple weeks ago on Netflix, I watched the um, the John Goodman Flintstones, uh, <laughs> which is also shot by Dean Cundy. And that, oh, that makes perfect sense. Like, I mean, as soon as you said you were watching the John Goodman Flintstones, I was like, oh, that's a Cundy movie. I, yeah, totally. Just... <laughs> that's great. They should. Um, I've been. I mean, I've been saying this for a long time, but. I, I, I really like that Flintstones movie. I mean, it's silly, you know, but mm-hmm. I, I think it's really I think it's really fun as far as like cartoon. It's very it, it's film. very of its time in kind of a charming way now. Yeah, but I, I've always wanted them to do the Jetsons. And if they did, they should absolutely get Gene Cundy to do it. Could that be the, the one great film? His his last hurrah. Yeah, maybe he's still he needs his eyes one. wide shut. Right now he's stuck in Disney Channel doing Disney Channel shows. Ugh. Yeah. <clears throat> Greg like, Kinnear should play not... George Jetson. 
It's not a challenge. <laughs> um, that actually, I like that. That's Jessica good. Chastain could be Judy. Judy? <laughs> no, 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 not Judy. Jane. Jane, Jane, Jane Jetson. Jane. Okay. No. Uh, Bella Thorne could be Judy Jetson. Uh, you know what I don't like about who? about Jessica Chastain, though, against Greg Kinnear, is that there's like a 25-year age difference. How old is Greg Kinnear? Greg Kinnear's like over 50. He's got to be. Okay, and she's like 35. Yeah. So um, so Amy Adams? No, Amy Adams is too. Isla Fisher? Yeah. How old is Isla Fisher? No, she's too young too. <laughs> Julianne Moore? That's better. Uh, yeah, that could work. Yeah, okay. that's better. That's better. Um, the um, boy from Room could be Elroy. Well, I'm all about that. That's yeah. really good. Um, and uh, y- uh, Yvette Nicole Brown can be uh, their robot. Their robot. Um, Judy. Oh. <laughs> Not Judy. Why are you naming everyone Judy? <laughs> Isn't the dog's name Judy also? Yeah, dog <laughs> named Astro. Judy. Astro. <laughs> there Judy is Judy. <laughs> What's the Rosie? Rosie. Rosie. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, as a kid, I always just assumed that if they ever made a Jetsons movie, it would be it would be Rosie O'Donnell. See, I have, for some reason have now in my brain melded uh, uh, Dot from uh, Spaceballs and Rosie from Jetsons into the same voice. So it just all sounds like Joan Rivers to me. Kind of like East Coast <laughs> Robots. Yeah. Oh, by the way, pilot season, dude. East Coast Robots. East Coast Robots. <laughs> We're just three robots from Mass that are trying to make good in the world. Yeah. I uh, I will say the logistics of Doc actually being able to hear Jennifer in this scene, I find questionable. If there's sure. actually a closed window between them, she's like whispering, and she's doing a really good job whispering. I mean... It's it it obviously she would need to because quiet t- t- speaking any louder than that would be unbelievable. But it's also kind of unbelievable that Doc can hear what she's saying. And then well, with those fresh new ears, maybe. Oh, maybe he did get all of his stuff replaced. All of his stuff. <laughs> all all of, stuff. of his stuff. There's a moment at uh, thirty six twenty six where Jennifer is looking behind her. Um, and Doc is looking at something else entirely. <laughs> what I, is it? I, I want to know what horrifying thing he's seeing like, over there. That's okay. That so, <laughs> okay. So to communicate, listeners, to oh, communicate God, the in, to communicate the intensity of the look in Doc's eyes at thirty six twenty six is is if imagine he he had just he, he's seeing like a vat a human body melting in a vat of acid. <laughs> so it's the like, dip. The, the look on your face when you see two girls, one cup for the first time. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. <clears throat> or human centipede. <laughs> he's just, he's, or maybe, maybe, maybe he just, maybe it's beta Marty. Maybe he sees like dead beta Marty in the, in the basement. <laughs> <sighs> but Einstein seems to be having a, just a grand old time. Well, Einstein just, ha- Einstein's just happy to be out of that goddamn mind prison he's been in from like hours. That's true. We have some solid Einstein minutes this week. I yeah, we have, we, we have a, you know what? I will say that I, I think I feel maybe I'm just me. Maybe this is me, but I feel like I've been a little hard on part two these past couple of weeks. If anything else, you get a lot more Einstein for your buck in part two. That's true. Um, I, uh, I, I love that. 
I just God, he's so animated, and 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 <laughs> and, the, and like when Doc just like drops down, and like Doc and Einstein simultaneously drop down. <laughs> It's so cute. <laughs> yeah, they're just so perfectly timed. It's, it's, it's the little shots two like little that. Cartoon buddies. It's the things they're, like they're that very... in these movies that make it so perfect. Like it, it, you know, along with Cundy sort of DPing everything, but it's like you just don't see like little, even just a slight visual humor like that. Like it's just so perfect. Mm-hmm. God, you know what I'd love to see? I would love to see. In the in this like early seventies or something, early seventies Christopher Lloyd starring as Shaggy in a live action Scooby Doo movie. <laughs> See, even then, I don't I, I don't think Christopher Lloyd was ever young. <laughs> I think he wandered he was, out of I've a, seen pictures. I think that's a safe bet. I think he He's wandered out of a wardrobe very confused. <laughs> What's this? Well, I mean, he could then he could easily walk out of a out of a smoking van easily confused. Well, sure, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know what? I okay. He uh, unpopular opinion. I think the way you make Scooby Doo is you bite the bullet and you make that dog. The dog can't talk. Only Shaggy knows that the dog can talk. <laughs> and you just get a real Great Dane, like get like the cutest, biggest, dope, the dumbest looking Great Dane, and then just get like. Just, just keep, keep, keep John Welker. What's the Frank Welker alive? Just a little bit longer and record his <laughs> his lines of scoops. Oh man, I'm actually um, a fan of the of the 2002 live action Scooby Doo. The first mm-hmm. one, I yeah, remember as a kid fun. liking it. I haven't seen it in a long time, so maybe it's it doesn't James hold Gunn. out. It was I fine. Mean, it's James Gunn. Yeah, James Gunn. Yeah, it's not to like. Did you know in, in his original draft, um, Scott's that um, I I think I think one Scott might know this, but I don't know if the other Scott knows this. But um, and James Gunn's original draft, um, uh, Velma and Daphne were uh, were each other's love interests. Really? Wow. Yeah. Hmm. And then the studio was like, "Yeah, we're not going to do that." <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Really? Really? We're not gonna, we're not going to do that?" And he's like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Fine. Um, so this is the minute that uh, other Scott uh, that you requested specifically. Yes. Um, it's the it's the moment where old Marty is playing his electric guitar unamped, and I mean the death of an American dream, which is funny because to- it seems like he's got this giant stack of electronic gear behind him that I can only imagine is some sort of future 2015 guitar amplifier. Mm-hmm. Fine, but he's really doing it more out of comfort. You know, he yeah, probably yeah. doesn't want to, he probably doesn't want to get his mom's attention. Lord knows he's had some bad experiences with guitar amps in his life. Yeah. That's true. Uh, I, I just, I really like that. I, I really like how good the sound of the electric guitar is unamped because it sounds correct. Like mm-hmm. it sounds, it sounds accurate to what that sounds like, which is yep. a very specific sound. Yeah. yeah that sounds like it's really happening. On that one. Yeah. And I will. So, so yeah, I did. I picked this minute very specifically for this, or I picked this week for this minute mm-hmm. and, and that specific scene, because there's something in there that I never caught for a long time. And anyone who knows me knows I'm a huge Huey Lewis in the News fan. 
Uh, they're one of my favorite bands of all time. I think I'm probably one of very few people who will say that they are one of my favorite bands of all time. <laughs> um, but I didn't realize until, man, it, I, maybe even just 10 years ago or so, he's actually playing the guitar part for Power of Love. Right. Which I right. just completely slipped by me for so long. I never well, even it's really listen. it's really coolly understated. Yeah, it is, and it, it it I will say because there's that that guitar effect, like like the way that you play the part, the do 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 that part. Yep. It it mm-hmm. it is played very lightly on the guitar, and so when it's unplugged, it doesn't quite sound so, right. Okay, can you guys hear this? Yeah, we can hear it. Okay, so just to give you an idea how how dead on they got that, like I'm gonna play the part for you of Power of Love, unplugged on a very similar electric guitar. Okay. All right, here's a first for your Back to the Future minute as a live musical performance. So, would normally sound like this. Like that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and they managed to get that. And the best part about it is, if you watch Michael J. Fox's hands, like he's playing it. I think he might be playing it a fret up or two frets up, but he's actually playing the guitar part. Yeah. Like I, I'm watching his fingerings. He's nailing it. He's absolutely got it. And I know the story goes in the first Back to the Future that he pretty much learned the Johnny Be Good track note for note. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he learned Power of Love, but learned like the wrong version of it, note for note, because I I have to imagine that's a Foley guy dubbing that in. That can't be like mic'd up on set, right? To pick up no that way. guitar, but it's yeah. it just it lines up perfectly. Yeah, it it also might be the quietest moment of the movie so far. Yeah, like yeah, it's, probably. it's it's really like our protagonist. Like in a kind of like in a in kind of poignant imagery, like retreating back to that like wistful eighties like little Peter Pan like boy that we all fell in love with, you know. He's in there somewhere, and he's like, "Yeah." Also, I think that's that moment where Jennifer turns back when she recognizes this song because for the first time since she's been here. She's connecting her Marty to this man. She's like, oh my God, this is Marty. And you you realize he that, loose. <laughs> yeah. he, that he's also playing Power of Love at the talent or the uh, the dance tryouts too in right. the first one. It's his, right. it's legit his favorite. It's a, it, it, it's his comfort song. It's mm-hmm. it's probably his very favorite song. Well, one of the things uh, uh, which which I'll I'll repeat here because. Uh, you're here, Tofty. But one of the things in the 67 draft, there's a moment where Marty is running away from Griff and his gang and he runs into a building and realizes that he's backstage at a Huey Lewis and the News concert um, <laughs> that's filled with like 40, 40 year olds and older. And it turns out that they're there are holograms, that it's a holographic <laughs> holographic concert because like i don't we don't know if no one plays live anymore if they just like go to a studio and play and then just project themselves at concerts. Well, the idea of like 60 year old rock stars back in 1985 i mean you basically had like the stones were sort of pushing it but not a lot of you know rock bands right. were around that like like the originators of rock and roll like chuck berry and those guys were sort of 
getting up there by that point. But like that was still a pretty like no one expected like rock and rollers to still be doing it in their mid sixties. Right. Um. So then Grandma Lorraine comes in. Before Where you jump to you? that, can I can I go oh. back and I want to I I did some research. Part of the reason I was so quiet in the first half of this episode, I was researching the guitar he's playing, <laughs> and you can't see what it is by the headstock. Normally, there's a name stamped on there, but the shape of the headstock says a lot. It looks to be a Paul Reed Smith guitar. Uh, now Paul Reed Smith guitars, Santana plays one. There's a lot of people that are sort of famous playing these guitars now. But in 1985 is sort of the first year they were out. And they were sort of like a high-end guitar in 1985. They were supposed to be like kind of futuristic and modern, um, which makes sense why they chose this model for the 2015 scene is because it was probably literally the most kind of like up-to-date newest guitar they could find when they shot this movie. That makes sense. Um, And it looks to be like an 85 or 86 model. Yeah. It's, uh, I love the color of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sort of metallic blue. Yeah, that like pearly blue. It's really it's nice. It's really yeah, and nice. I'm looking at like I'm trying to find that color. I'm trying. I'm looking even at like the pick guard or the uh, uh, the pickup uh, mm-hmm. covers and things like that to try to figure out what year this is. But it looks like an '85 or an '86, maybe even an '87. I don't know exactly when they shot these scenes, but that's mm-hmm. my little tidbit about the guitar. All right. Uh yeah so so but yeah Grandma Lorraine comes in worried with the worried about the fired facts and Marty lies and says it's a it's joke, a joke. Uh, joke just a joke joke facts and and, uh, and right also see, we we also see that uh, yeah the, the fire hydrant you mean fire extinguisher fire extinguisher yeah yeah it's yellow which is interesting and there's a little TV in the wall um. I wonder if that's uh, like home security system. I would imagine so. There's a they lot of little monitors all over the walls. Oh yeah, Mar- oh apartment. yeah. Jennifer's ne- right next to one too. Right next to what looks like oxygen tanks. <laughs> Maybe they need oxygen tanks in 2015 because like the air is so bad. I don't know. Um, but yeah, Marty's wearing tennis shoes. You see this? To work. Yeah, yeah. He is. he's wearing tennis shoes. It's weird. Well, he's, he's a valet. No, he's not. Yeah. Not, not in this. You're, you're talking about the 67 draft. Oh, right. Yeah. He works <laughs> at a plant. He just got fired from it. I'm getting like Desmond D right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then uh, then Jennifer runs into herself and uh, they pass each other right by. Um, and that's where that's where the minute stops. Um, one of the one of the differences that I want to talk about in the uh, uh, Paradox draft, um, which uh, Tofty is the second draft of the script, okay. which was called pa- Back to the Future, colon, Paradox. And in this draft, the difference is that it is Back to the Future 2 and 3 combined into one two-hour movie. Ah. Um. So, so everything from, from, you know, from 2015 to alternate 85 to, uh, 1955 revisited and 1885, they're all in one. Crammed into two hours. Holy cow. Yeah. Crammed into two hours. Um, so in this, one of the, the, the only difference, everything is pretty much the same, but then 
the one difference in this particular script in this sequence is that when old Lorraine comes in and says, Marty, what's the meaning of this fax? Marty doesn't lie to her. He says, believe me, mom, it wasn't my fault. I just always seem to get a raw deal on everything. <laughs> so he's a little sadder. Yeah. Um, so no, I, less I don't, pathetic, but yeah, yeah. A little more, a little more pathetic. I, 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 I think I like what they did in the movie more than that. I think. I mean, somehow, her, somehow but, he, yeah, somehow he saves a bit more character. Yeah. I mean, he's also kind of trying to protect his mom, too. He, like, right, he doesn't exactly. want her to worry. And... Exactly. Um, so, but, uh, yeah. Uh, it's never really addressed, but is this version of Marty, does he, like... You'd have to imagine he remembers going back in time and all that stuff, right? The, well, the old version of Marty. We that's the thing, right? Cuz like uh, according to I mean back to the future's rules of time travel seem to state that things don't change the, the past doesn't affect the future right away. Right? Cuz like if you look at Marty Marty doesn't fade away immediately upon his parents not meeting. He right. gets a chance to bring them together. So it's possible that, you know, the, the butterfly effect. Well, and I, I think he, what I'm referring to is he remembers going back and like making his parents meet. Old oh. Marty must remember that. Not that he remembers That's like true. current Marty going to 2015, but old Marty remembers like his previous time travel experiences, right? Yeah, you would think you would so. Think so. And yeah. it just it sort of strikes me as odd that like it, he would let his life get this bad. Yeah, that it just sort of like maybe it's just that so much time had passed, and it really you know he was only there for like a week. Like maybe maybe is it that the reason why he became maybe like that's he is? what ruined his life? You know, it's like it's like um, in Doctor Who, right? You always hear about how. Uh, these companions, they travel with the doctor and then when they leave the doctor, they don't just go back to a normal life because they just can't. They're not capable right. of it. And, yeah, and so maybe the, that's know, what doctor, happened with Marty, sort of. But the doctor's companions have gone on like crazy adventures and like saved the world and seen different. He, he just kind of went back 30 years. You think he would like get over it at a certain point? Would you? I yeah. wouldn't. I and would then, never get over it. No, I think something like that, it probably stays with you forever. But the other thing that sort of comes to mind, I know that people do this all the time with this movie, so I don't want to fall into like the, the same patterns that everyone else always sort of discusses because it's been talked to to death. But like, did Doc ever come back? Like he sees Doc go to the future, but then like Marty for the next 30 years, like did he ever see Doc again? I think it's the cartoon series. Yeah, but the cartoon series takes place post Back to the Future 3, so right. we don't know. So we have no idea Marty if if that old Marty had ever like Doc in his life. So maybe this is Marty without Doc. This without, is what a, without a moral compass. Yeah, without a Doc. A Marty without a Doc is a sad Marty. Yeah, because, oh my goodness. So now you, th you think Doc goes to the future, he comes back, he tells Marty about his kids, like... Is this the Marty that succeeded or failed? Like, oh my God, my head is exploding. I gotta stop. I gotta stop. Yeah. I can't do it. <laughs> it's rough. I mean, we. Had oh whole, no, I've gone cross-eyed. We had a whole conversation about Beta Marty 
uh, in the last movie, Beta Marty being the Marty who grew up with the good parents that Marty saw go back to 1955 at the mall. Marty with the the good parents. Yeah. (laughs) And so what happened to that Marty, the Marty that was raised by those versions of George and Lorraine? Um, He just disappeared. (laughs) Ended up in another, another alternate 1985. Um, But uh, yeah. So it gets it gets confusing. It definitely gets confusing. Um, in the '67 draft, uh, we last left Jennifer had fainted in the bushes, having seen her face uh, in as a as a security guard in '67 or, or in in 2015. And um, Doc and Marty and Einstein find her in the bush, and. Uh, uh, they, uh, they, they, they take her away. Um, and that's, that's, I mean, that's pretty much it. They just find her, they find her in the, uh, the, the, the bushes. But I will say there's this funny moment where Marty tries to go- look in the window to see himself and Doc pulls him back, like just yanks him back down. Is like, don't look at yourself, <laughs> <laughs> which, I, which I like, but, uh, yeah, just that, uh, just that little scene right there. But um, yeah, I think I mean that's all I got for this minute. Do you guys have anything else? Uh, not particularly. Other than there seem to be some light switches on the walls, even though they don't need light switches on the walls. Oh, mm. it all falls apart. Interesting. But, well, uh, if you want to visit our website at duelinggenre.com or email us at contact at backtothefutureminute.com or you could tweet at us at bttfminute, tumble at us at bttfminute.tumblr.com. Uh, like us on Facebook, leave a five-star review on iTunes, which is the coolest thing you can do for a podcast. And speaking of podcasts, check out our other dueling genre shows, The Doctor's Companion, which we talk about Daka Who, which is coming back in a year. Geekling Night. We're just coming Start back in Countdown. countdown. <laughs> Geek by Night. We're just coming back in July and we're very proud of Scott Tofty doing spending all kinds of plates for us over at Geek by Night. And how try. And if you want to help him keep on spinning those plates, you can go to duelinggenre.com slash support and click on the donate button and help us out. Help us with Geek by Night, help us with Back to the Future Minute. Help us get in, uh, all kinds of cool stuff like Back to the Future Minute, No Roads Edition, which would be a weekend edition of the podcast, that we are now in the in the double digits. We are less than $100 away from that goal. So thank you guys for uh, for supporting us financially. Uh, we have the other podcast, the Minute Podcast family. We have Star Wars Minute, Indiana Jones Minute, Jaws Minute, Wrath of Khan Minute, and Alien Minute, and I, I imagine more on the way. And uh, thank you guys so much. Have a good Tuesday. <laughs> we'll talk to you tomorrow.